Question 136 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues The Virtue of Fortitude This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues the Virtue of Fortitude, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 136 of Patience in Five Articles We must now consider patience. Under this head there are five points of inquiry. First, whether patience is a virtue. Second, whether it is the greatest of the virtues. Third, whether it can be had without grace. Fourth, whether it is a part of fortitude. Fifth, whether it is the same as longanimity. First article, whether patience is a virtue. Objection 1. It seems that patience is not a virtue, for the virtues are most perfect in heaven, as Augustine says in On the Trinity 14. Yet patience is not there, since no evils have to be borne there, according to Isaiah 49.10 and Apocalypse 7.16. They shall not hunger nor thirst, nor shall the heat nor the sun strike them. Therefore, Patience is not a virtue. Objection to further. No virtue can be found in the wicked, since virtue it is that makes its possessor good. Yet patience is sometimes found in wicked men, for instance in the covetous, who bear many evils patiently that they may amass money, according to Ecclesiastes 5.16. All the days of his life he eateth in darkness, and in many cares, and in misery, and in sorrow. Therefore, patience is not a virtue. Objection 3 further. The fruits differ from the virtues, as stated above, in the Pars Prima Secundae, question 70, article 1, third reply. But patience is reckoned among the fruits, according to Galatians 5.22. Therefore, patience is not a virtue. On the contrary, Augustine says in On Patience 1, The virtue of the soul that is called patience is so great a gift of God that we even preach the patience of him who bestows it upon us. I answer that, as stated above in question 123, article 1, the moral virtues are directed to the good, inasmuch as they safeguard the good of reason against the impulse of the passions. Now among the passions, sorrow is strong to hinder the good of reason, according to 2 Corinthians 7.10. The sorrow of the world worketh death. And Ecclesiasticus 30.25. Sadness hath killed many, and there is no profit in it. Hence the necessity for a virtue to safeguard the good of reason against sorrow, 
lest reason give way to sorrow, and this patience does. Wherefore Augustine says in On Patience too, A man's patience it is whereby he bears evil with an equal mind, that is, without being disturbed by sorrow, lest he abandon with an unequal mind the goods whereby he may advance to better things. It is therefore evident that patience is a virtue. Reply to Objection 1. The moral virtues do not remain in heaven as regards the same act that they have on the way, in relation, namely, to the goods of the present life, which will not remain in heaven. But they will remain in the relation to the end, which will be in heaven. Thus justice will not be in heaven in relation to buying and selling and other matters pertaining to the present life, but it will remain in the point of being subject to God. In like manner, the act of patience, in heaven, will not consist in bearing things, but in enjoying the goods to which we had aspired by suffering. Hence Augustine says in On the City of God 14 that patience itself will not be in heaven, since there is no need for it except where evils have to be borne, yet that which we shall obtain by patience will be eternal. Reply to Objection 2. As Augustine says in On Patience 2 and 5, Properly speaking, those are patient who would rather bear evils without inflicting them than inflict them without bearing them. As for those who bear evils that they may inflict evil, their patience is neither marvelous nor praiseworthy, for it is no patience at all. We may marvel at their hardness of heart, but we must refuse to call them patient. Reply to Objection 3 As stated above in the Pars Prima Secundae, Question 11, Article 1, the very notion of fruit denotes pleasure, and works of virtue afford pleasure in themselves, as stated in Ethics 1.8. Now the names of the virtues are wont to be applied to their acts. Wherefore, patience as a habit is a virtue, but as to the pleasure which its act affords, it is reckoned a fruit, especially in this, that patience safeguards the mind from being overcome by sorrow. Second article, whether patience is the greatest of the virtues. Objection 1. It seems that patience is the greatest of the virtues, for in every genus that which is perfect is the greatest. Now, patience hath a perfect work, according to James 1.4. Therefore, patience is the greatest of the virtues. Objection to further. All the virtues are directed to the good of the soul. Now this seems to belong chiefly to patience, for it is written in Luke 21.19, In your patience you shall possess your souls. Therefore, patience is the greatest of the virtues. Objection 3 further. Seemingly that which is the safeguard and cause of other things is greater than they are. But according to Gregory, in his homily 35 on the Gospel, 
Patience is the root and safeguard of all the virtues. Therefore, patience is the greatest of the virtues. On the contrary, it is not reckoned among the four virtues which Gregory, in his commentary on Job 22, and Augustine, in Of the Morals of the Catholic Church and On the Morals of the Manichaeans, 15, call principle. I answer that, virtues by their very nature are directed to good, for it is virtue that makes its possessor good and renders the latter's work good, according to Ethics 2.6. Hence it follows that a virtue's superiority and preponderance over other virtues is the greater according as it inclines man to good more effectively and directly. Now those virtues which are effective of good incline a man more directly to good than those which are a check on the things which lead man away from good. And just as among those that are effective of good, the greater is that which establishes man in a greater good. Thus faith, hope, and charity are greater than prudence and justice. So too among those that are a check on things that withdraw man from good, the greater virtue is the one which is a check on a greater obstacle to good. But dangers of death, about which is fortitude, and pleasures of touch, with which temperance is concerned, withdraw man from good more than fortitude, and pleasures of touch withdraw man from good more than any kind of hardship which is the object of patience. Therefore patience is not the greatest of the virtues, but falls short, not only of the theological virtues, and of prudence and justice, which directly establish man in good, but also of fortitude and temperance, which withdraw him from greater obstacles to good. Reply to Objection 1. Patience is said to have a perfect work in bearing hardships, for these give rise first to sorrow, which is moderated by patience, secondly to anger, which is moderated by meekness, thirdly to hatred, which charity removes, fourthly to unjust injury, which justice forbids. Now that which removes the principle is the most perfect. Yet it does not follow, if patience be more perfect in this respect, that it is more perfect simply. Reply to Objection 2. Possession denotes undisturbed ownership, wherefore man is said to possess his soul by patience insofar as it removes by the root the passions that are evoked by hardships and disturb the soul. Reply to Objection 3. Patience is said to be the root and safeguard of all the virtues, not as though it caused and preserved them directly, but merely because it removes their obstacles. Third Article Whether it is possible to have patience without grace? Objection 1. It seems that it is possible to have patience without grace. For the more his reason inclines to a thing, the more is it possible for the rational creature to accomplish it. 
Now it is more reasonable to suffer evil for the sake of good than for the sake of evil. Yet some suffer evil for evil's sake, by their own virtue, and without the help of grace. For Augustine says in On Patience 3 that men endure many toils and sorrows for the sake of the things they love sinfully. Much more, therefore, is it possible for man, without the help of grace, to bear evil for the sake of good, and this is to be truly patient. Objection to further. Some who are not in a state of grace have more abhorrence for sinful evils than for bodily evils. Hence, some heathens are related to have endured many hardships rather than betray their country or commit some other misdeed. Now this is to be truly patient. Therefore, it seems that it is possible to have patience without the help of grace. Objection 3 further. It is quite evident that some go through much trouble and pain in order to regain health of the body. Now the health of the soul is not less desirable than bodily health. Therefore, in like manner, one may, without the help of grace, endure many evils for the health of the soul. And this is to be truly patient. On the contrary, it is written in Psalm 61, verse 6, From him, that is, from God, is my patience. I answer that, as Augustine says in On Patience 4, The strength of desire helps a man to bear toil and pain, and no one willingly undertakes to bear what is painful, save for the sake of that which gives pleasure. The reason of this is because sorrow and pain are of themselves displeasing to the soul, wherefore it would never choose to suffer them for their own sake but only for the sake of an end. Hence it follows that the good for the sake of which one is willing to endure evils is more desired and loved than the good the privation of which causes the sorrow that we bear patiently. Now the fact that a man prefers the good of grace to all natural goods, the loss of which may cause sorrow, is to be referred to charity, which loves God above all things. Hence, it is evident that patience, as a virtue, is caused by charity, according to 1 Corinthians 13.4. Charity is patient. But it is manifest that it is impossible to have charity save through grace, according to Romans 5.5. 5. The charity of God is poured forth in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given to us. Therefore, it is clearly impossible to have patience without the help of grace. Reply to Objection 1. The inclination of reason would prevail in human nature in the state of integrity, but in corrupt nature the inclination of concupiscence prevails because it is dominant in man. Hence man is more prone to bear evils for the sake of goods in which the concupiscence delights here and now, than to endure evils for the sake of goods to come, which are desired in accordance with reason. And yet it is this that pertains to true patience. Reply to Objection 2. 
the good of a social virtue is commensurate with human nature, and consequently the human will can tend thereto without the help of sanctifying grace, yet not without the help of God's grace. On the other hand, the good of grace is supernatural, wherefore man cannot tend thereto by a natural virtue. Hence the comparison fails. Reply to Objection 3. Even the endurance of those evils which a man bears for the sake of his body's health proceeds from the love a man naturally has for his own flesh. Hence there is no comparison between this endurance and patience which proceeds from a supernatural love. Fourth Article Whether Patience is a Part of Fortitude Objection 1. It seems that patience is not a part of fortitude, for a thing is not a part of itself. Now patience is apparently the same as fortitude, because, as stated above in question 123, article 6, the proper act of fortitude is to endure, and this belongs also to patience. For it is stated in St. Gregory, homily 35, that patience consists in enduring evils inflicted by others. Therefore, patience is not a part of fortitude. Objection to further, fortitude is about fear and daring, as stated above in question 123, article 3, and thus it is in the irascible. But patience seems to be about sorrow, and consequently would seem to be in the concupiscible. Therefore, patience is not a part of fortitude, but of temperance. Objection 3 further. The whole cannot be without its part. Therefore, if patience is a part of fortitude, there can be no fortitude without patience. Yet sometimes a brave man does not endure evils patiently, but even attacks the person who inflicts the evil. Therefore, patience is not a part of fortitude. On the contrary, Tully, in On the Art of Rhetoric too, reckons it a part of fortitude. I answer that. Patience is a quasi-potential part of fortitude, because it is annexed thereto as secondary to principal virtue. For it belongs to patience to suffer with an equal mind the evils inflicted by others, as Gregory says in a homily. Now of those evils that are inflicted by others, foremost and most difficult to endure are those that are connected with the danger of death, and about these evils fortitude is concerned. Hence it is clear that in this matter Fortitude has the principal place, and that it lays claim to that which is principal in this matter. Wherefore patience is annexed to fortitude as secondary to principal virtue, for which reason Prosper calls patience brave, in his sentences 811. Reply to Objection 1. It belongs to fortitude to endure not anything indeed, but that which is most difficult to endure, 
namely dangers of death, whereas it may pertain to patience to endure any kind of evil. Reply to Objection 2. The act of fortitude consists not only in holding fast to good against the fear of future dangers, but also in not failing through sorrow or pain occasioned by things present, and it is in the latter respect that patience is akin to fortitude. Yet fortitude is chiefly about fear, which of itself evokes flight, which fortitude avoids while patience is chiefly about sorrow, for a man is said to be patient not because he does not fly, but because he behaves in a praiseworthy manner by suffering, paciendo, things which hurt him here and now, in such a way as not to be inordinately saddened by them. Hence fortitude is properly in the irascible, while patience is in the concupiscible faculty. Nor does this hinder patience from being part of fortitude, because the annexing of virtue to virtue does not regard the subject, but the matter or the form. Nevertheless, patience is not to be reckoned a part of temperance, although both are in the concupiscible, because temperance is only about those sorrows that are opposed to pleasures of touch, such as arise through abstinence from pleasures of food and sex whereas patience is chiefly about sorrows inflicted by other persons. Moreover, it belongs to temperance to control these sorrows besides their contrary pleasures, whereas it belongs to patience that a man forsake not the good of virtue on account of such like sorrows, however great they be. Reply to Objection 3. It may be granted that patience in a certain respect is an integral part of justice, if we consider the fact that a man may patiently endure evils pertaining to dangers of death. And it is from this point of view that the objection argues. Nor is it inconsistent with patience that a man should, when necessary, rise up against the man who inflicts evils on him. For Chrysostom says on Matthew 4.10, Be gone, Satan, that it is praiseworthy to be patient under our wrongs, but to endure God's wrongs patiently is most wicked. And Augustine says in a letter to Marcellinus, his letter 138, that the precepts of patience are not opposed to the good of the commonwealth, since in order to endure that good we fight against our enemies. But insofar as patience regards all kinds of evils, it is annexed to fortitude as secondary to principal virtue. Fifth article. Whether patience is the same as longanimity. Translator's note. Long-suffering. It is necessary to preserve the Latin word on account of the comparison with magnanimity. Objection 1. It seems that patience is the same as longanimity. For Augustine says in On Patience 1 that We speak of patience in God not as though any evil made him suffer, but because he awaits the wicked that they may be converted. 
Wherefore it is written in Ecclesiasticus 5.4, The Most High is a patient rewarder. Therefore it seems that patience is the same as longanimity. Objection to further. The same thing is not contrary to two things, but impatience is contrary to longanimity, whereby one awaits a delay, for one is said to be impatient of delay as of other evils. Therefore, it seems that patience is the same as longanimity. Objection 3 further. Just as time is a circumstance of wrongs endured, so is place. But no virtue is distinct from patience on the score of place. Therefore, in like manner, longanimity, which takes count of time, in so far as a person waits for a long time, is not distinct from patience. On the contrary, a gloss on Romans 2.4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and patience and long-suffering, says, It seems that longanimity differs from patience, because those who offend from weakness rather than of set purpose are said to be born with longanimity, while those who take a deliberate delight in their crimes are said to be born patiently. I answer that, just as by magnanimity a man has a mind to tend to great things, so by longanimity a man has a mind to tend to something a long way off. Wherefore, as magnanimity regards hope, which tends to good, rather than daring, fear or sorrow, which have evil as their object, so also does longanimity. Hence, longanimity has more in common with magnanimity than with patience. Nevertheless, it may have something in common with patience for two reasons. First, because patience, like fortitude, endures certain evils for the sake of good, and if this good is awaited shortly, endurance is easier, whereas if it be delayed a long time, it is more difficult. Secondly, because the very delay of the good we hope for is of a nature to cause sorrow, according to Proverbs 13.12, Hope that is deferred afflicteth the soul. Hence, there may be patience in bearing this trial as in enduring any other sorrows. Accordingly, longanimity and constancy are both comprised under patience, insofar as both the delay of the hoped-for good, which regards longanimity, and the toil which man endures in persistently accomplishing a good work, which regards constancy, may be considered under the one aspect of grievous evil. For this reason, Tully, in On the Art of Rhetoric too, in defining patience, says that patience is the voluntary and prolonged endurance of arduous and difficult things for the sake of virtue or profit. By saying arduous, he refers to constancy in good. When he says difficult, he refers to the grievousness of evil, which is the proper object of patience. 
and by adding continued or long-lasting, he refers to longanimity, insofar as it has something in common with patience. This suffices for the replies to the first and second objections. Reply to Objection 3. That which is a long way off as to place, though distant from us, is not simply distant from things in nature, is that which is a long way off in point of time. Hence the comparison fails. Moreover, what is remote as to place offers no difficulty save in the point of time, since what is placed a long way from us is a long time coming to us. We grant the fourth argument. We must observe, however, that the reason for the difference assigned by this gloss is that it is hard to bear with those who sin through weakness merely because they persist a long time in evil, wherefore it is said that they are born with longanimity, whereas the very fact of sinning through pride seems to be unendurable, for which reason those who sin through pride are stated to be born with patience. End of question 136 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.